So over the years in this podcast, I have done a lot of talking about MTSS and RTI because I feel like and always have felt like MTSS really could be a a huge tool for improvement for schools, for students in general. I truly do believe that MTSS could be a a fantastic way for schools to really hone in on what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong, and find find ways to help their kids learn and, and grow. Now, just because, you know, I feel that MTSS is a opportunity, I will say um, we're not doing MTSS right. I, there, there isn't, there isn't a single school that I could point to and say, man, they are doing it right. They've got the RTI down. They know what interventions they're using. The teachers are on board and the teachers, most importantly, are supported the way they should be supported. We're not doing MTSS right. I, again, I cannot point to a single school that I could think of that is doing MTSS a single district, a single state that is actually performing the process correctly. Could it be done correctly? Absolutely. Are we doing it? No. That being said, MTSS for a lot of schools, and this is not the correct thought process, but for MTSS, for a lot of schools, the goal of MTSS, the RTI process, all of that, is to find students eligible for special education. That's the thing that meeting after meeting I have sat in and teachers have said, well, you know, I don't think this kid needs to be an MTSS because I don't think that kid needs special education. That's the wrong goal. But along those lines, I think that we do need to start thinking a little bit more about how MTSS and the special education system are similar because they are. They are very closely related, sisters maybe. The fact is that aside from the initial process of how we find the students, both systems were built to work very, very similarly, even if they don't currently work that way in practice. So today, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about MTSS, but more importantly, we're going to really start focusing for the next few weeks on special education and how that entire process is going and how we can make it a whole lot easier on ourselves, our students, and start making progress. Hi, I'm Jessica Curtis of Teaching Struggling Learners. I'm a boy mom and a veteran teacher. You're listening to the Reaching Struggling Learners podcast, where we talk all about helping students succeed academically, socially, and behaviorally. Thank you so much for tuning in. So MTSS and special education are very, very similar. If you don't believe me, I'll give you a little bit of a rundown. Both systems are reliant on data. We use data to determine whether a child should be in or out of each system, and we 
track their progress throughout the system, whether it's MTSS or special education, to see, or we are supposed to track the data, to see if the interventions and what we're doing is working. We do periodic reviews to see, does the student still need these services, these supports, or not? And then we also similarly have meetings where we're supposed to be discussing this data and determining next steps for each each of these different students, whether they're in the MTSS or the special education process. So it, it really does it makes sense when you think about using data to inform instruction, how important it is to start seeing the similarities between MTSS and special education. We see, like I said in the intro, we we see a lot of times that MTSS, the goal of MTSS is to get kids into special education, but that really shouldn't be the goal. And we really do need to start seeing them as sister systems and we can learn from from each other our special education teachers could really benefit from you know being able to have access to you know some of the interventions some of the data some of the information that is populated through the mtss process and similarly the MTSS process, the interventionists and all that, would greatly benefit from input from the special education teachers because they see a different side. They have different viewpoints. They have different experiences that could very much help the MTSS side of the house. But again, when it comes down to are they similar or not, the reality is this is what both of them are doing. We screen the kids to, to identify weaknesses. We provide interventions to figure out, you know, to help the students, you know, make progress. And then we do a little bit of testing to see, did it work? They are both official processes. They both have a goal. They both have to, ha- have to move forward. And now I will say one of them comes with more legal stress weight, obviously, but MTSS plans, even though we don't, we think of them as that's just a school plan, but the fact is it is really an agreement between the school and parents of what is going to be provided. When we make a MTSS RTI plan and say that, you know, a child is going to be receiving five days a week, 30 minutes of intense instruction on reading for phonics and this is the goal that we are setting for the child and we are going to progress monitor it even though maybe the parents aren't signing off on an IEP for that it is still an agreement that the school is saying hey this is what we're doing mom dad guardian whoever parent grandparent whoever you are this is what we are saying we are going to do and we, if we say we are going to do something as a school system, we have to back it up by actually doing it. Now, the weird dichotomy between MTSS and special education is that special education promises services, which honestly are questionably provided. I mean, let's be honest. And then we give them quarterly progress reports that show how the kids are doing. The reason I say these services are questionably provided, well, first of all, 
I've sat in many, many, many initial IEP meetings, and the vast majority of those initial IEP meetings, whether the parents realized it or not, the child was losing access to supports. They were gaining accommodations, which was always how that was kind of smoothed over if a parent questioned it. But the reality is, most of the time when kids go from MTSS, you know, tier three is should be, you know, five days a week, 30 minutes. A lot of our kids are going then from five days a week of 30 minutes of intense instruction to three times a week for 30 minutes. Guys, that's a reduction in services. Even though special education is a higher tier of support, we're, we're giving accommodations, but we're reducing the actual face time of supports that these kids are getting. And then, of course, we, you know, the, the special education teacher, how often are they pulled out because they have an IEP meeting? So, yeah, we say on this legal document that the child is going to get 30 minutes, three you know, three times a week. But how often is that actually happening? Because of all of the the ways that the special education teacher is pulled, please don't come at me and say you don't care about special education teachers. No, I love me some special education teachers. They are amazing. They are, dare I say, at the backbone of, of education at this point, because they are the ones that are keeping that special education department running or crawling. It's They're not running. They're crawling right now. They're dragging the department forward and keeping it moving, keeping it alive. But the reality is we're not providing the services that we say we're going to do. And then we get progress reports quarterly. But those progress reports are, you know, sometimes they have data, sometimes they don't, you know, it's questionable. For MTSS side, let's be honest, MTSS, we tend to be more consistent in the services provided. Now, again, different schools do different things, but the consistency end of it, interventionists tend not to be pulled into IEP meetings, into all these other things they're able to, by and large, able to provide more consistent services, but the progress monitoring data that they may collect, and a lot of, a lot, it's not their fault, but a lot of times interventionists aren't taught how to collect the data. They're taught how to provide the intervention program, but they're not necessarily taught how to how how to actually collect the data to say hey this is you know this is how that student performed and how how they're how they're performing how they're doing you know over time but that data is very rarely actually provided to the parents for them to review so with special education, you get your quarterly progress report, the parent can look over it and go, oh, there's the data right there. And But for MTSS, sometimes we have quarterly meetings, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we invite the parents, sometimes we don't. But rarely is the actual data provided to the parent to review. So if we could kind of get the positives of both of these processes together, we would have a really, really good supportive system. 
I mean, honestly, if we could get the consistency of interventions across the board for these kids, because all of them, whether they're in the MTSS or the special education process, all of them need the help. We are raising our hands as teachers and saying, yes, these kids need the help. So if we could actually give it to them, that would be fantastic. But then also, if we could collect the data and show it to the parents and show it to each other and go, hey, this is working, this isn't, this intervention, it's not working for, you know, all these kids, we got to try something else. This intervention is working fantastic. Let's keep this one going. If we could get those two processes, the, the positives of both of them together, oh my goodness, the supportive system that we could actually be providing for the kids. Now, I will say a lot of interventions could be shared across both and improved on if we could open up our minds to investing in the, the range of opportunities across all of the needs that we see. What I'm saying is I have seen schools that have said that, for example, this one phonics program is only for MTSS. And this other pro for phonics program, Orton-Gillingham, whatever it is, is only for the students with special education. Because we are obsessed with this idea that we, we have to have something different for both of those, those groups of kids. But the fact is, maybe some of those kids that are in special education right now that have special ed services, maybe, just maybe some of them, if they had received the Orton-Gillingham or whatever it is, and I say Orton-Gillingham, whatever, I'm not promoting them in any way, shape, or form, but let's say some of those kids in MTSS, if they had gotten the, that support when they were in MTSS a couple years ago, maybe they could have caught on a little bit earlier and been on grade level and not needed the special education services at all. Maybe some of those kids, the kids that are doing, that did okay and were making progress, not fast enough to, to not need special education, but they were making, making gains with this other program, but all of a sudden you're switching to this other thing and you're wondering why they're not doing well. Hmm. Maybe they should have kept on keeping on with the program that was working for them. I've seen it time and time again, where all of a sudden we're switching things up on kids or things that could have worked really well for our students in MTSS to the point that they may not need special education, but because that was a special education program or that was an MTSS program, they were denied that access. Yeah, those are strong words. When I say they were denied that access, it's true. They were denied access to a program that could have made a big difference for them, even to the point of some students not needing special education. That's a big deal. If we could open up our minds to sharing resources a little bit more and realizing that, hey, not just resources, but knowledge, sharing ideas, sharing ways of teaching different things, we could, again, have a really, really strong, supportive service for our students. Now, why am I talking about all this today? 
Well, because it's the first podcast of the year and because I'm crazy and because I think that we have to start rethinking education. Education is, guys, the numbers are out. You you can see it all over Instagram and TikTok where teachers, middle and high school teachers are coming out of the woodwork and saying, my high schoolers, what was the one, the high schoolers or middle schoolers that can't spell the word because, middle schoolers and high schoolers who can't read. I have friends in different areas of the country that are messaging me and saying, Jessica, I have, I have science students in high school who cannot read. And I'm not talking about the textbook because we've stopped giving the textbook. I'm talking about worksheets that are differentiated so that the the reading level is much lower than what would be expected in that textbook. The kids are not able to read sight words. The kids are, they're illiterate when they're getting to high school. That's, that's a mean term. Saying someone is illiterate, that, that's mean, that's harsh. But that's the reality for a lot of students going into middle and high school. And we, we got we to make some changes. And no, I don't blame teachers. You can quote me on that. I do not blame teachers. The entire system, the education system is, is broken. And can we fix it? Absolutely we can. I have no doubt in my mind that it can be fixed. But we have to start saying it like it is and set like those teachers are calling it out when they see it saying that hey high schoolers that can't spell the word because guys we got a problem here algebra teachers saying hey guys um my students can't add if they can't add they can't do the pythagorean theorem that's that's the reality so I want this year to be one where we start thinking outside the box. I'll do, I'll, I'll think, I'll share my ideas. I'll share, you know, my thoughts of outside the box. And let's see if we can come up with some ways to make this a little bit more doable. Because the fact is, teachers are run down. They're overworked. We know they're under, or underpaid. I'm not even going to say that. They're run down. They're overworked. They are burnt out. They are leaving. You guys, teachers are leaving. You know it. You know it in every building. Teachers are leaving at a massively quick rate. And nobody blames them. Nobody blames them. We know why. We see it. So we've got to make this easier. We have to make teaching easier. We've got to start making things simple. So that's going to be my goal this year is finding ways and sharing ways to make this more doable, more sustainable so that A, we can keep the amazing teachers that are in the classrooms there and, you know, not burned out and not ripping their hair out, but also so that we can make sure that the students are more successful year on year. So anyway, 
Happy New Year. I hope that you have had a fantastic break. I hope that you are ready to hit the ground running. And I hope that you get to really enjoy what's coming up. Everybody, we know that this is this is a tough time of year that we're heading into. February coming up is a tough time of year. That's all right. We're going to find ways to simplify. We are going to find ways to make it doable, to do it sustainable. And who knows, we might even find some fun along the way. Until next time, may your coffee be strong, your students calm, and your workload manageable. Bye.